Where? Uh oh, <laughs> we have it right here, baby. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the trophy. Welcome to part two of our 2019-2020 season preview of the National Basketball Association, aka Piss China Off, aka uh, LeBron James is in is a communist supporter, is a Mao supporter. Um, you know. That, that kind of stuff. It's been kind of a heated week for the NBA, and we thought we'd add a little bit sauce to it and cover the two NBA teams. Now, I would like to say this. We kind of cheated. We did the East preview last week with the, uh, with the hope and belief of having the West done last week as well, but we got lazy, so this is a week later. Now, I have with me Roger again. Hey, Roger. How's it going, man? What's up, Tim? Uh, you can't tell him that. I mean, we did it all in one shot. I mean, oh yeah. don't tell the listeners this. Come on. Okay, yeah, uh, this is highly produced, uh, high-quality content where you're getting uh, everything done on one day. So, yeah, it's still, still the same. We haven't heard about LeBron James yet. We haven't heard about uh, Daryl Morey and all that stuff. So, yeah. Okay, anyways, so as you remember, or you don't, we did uh, Lock, Doc, Bubble, and The Knots. Uh, the, pretty much the blocks, how we did the Eastern Conference, where we went from 15 to 1, um, and we're probably gonna do, we're gonna do the same thing with the West Coast here. So, just to kind of refresh your memory, we had Cleveland going 15, Charlotte going 14th, the Wizards at 13, the Knicks at 12, the Bulls at 11, the Hawks at 10, the Pistons at nine, the uh, uh, the Miami Heat at eight, the Nets at seven, the Magic at six, and uh, you know six through 12 we have on the bubble. So these guys can be interchangeable. Um, and as you know, the knots are 13 to 15, and then the docks are the guys who we know are going to be steady. So three to five, which is Toronto, Indian, Boston, and then the locks for sure are going to do great this year. Is the Bucks and the 76ers? Do you have any uh, change thoughts or anything you want to revise? Or are you kind of cool with it? Mm. No, uh, I think uh, I mean. I've watched a couple of preseason games here and there, but I mean, I think that preseason is kind of hard to judge. People uh, uh, really uh, just play whoever. The rotations are all wonky. The games are don't make any sense. But I mean, Tyler Hero has been super impressive. I mean, see, this is how I know we're like he's this nice is, man. This is how I know we're like on the same wavelength when it comes to basketball because that's exactly what I was going to say too. Holy I think I might have the oh, Miami man. Heat as a dog team. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. What I'm He's seeing from this team... Player. Sorry, you can go first, and then we, I'll... I don't know. I'm just real impressed with the shots that he's kind of he's making. Man, like, his shot creation ability is, like... That's something you want from, you know, an NBA... Like, if you want, like, a guy to go down the road... Like, he just doesn't look like he's just coming off the dribble, right? Catch and shoot, and he's actually creating his own shots a lot of the times. And he, he looks quick, so... I mean, I'm excited, so... Like... This draft class looks like a lot of fun, and like, man, these Zion highlights. I mean, we're gonna go over the West today, but whew, well, he's going like he's shooting over like eighty percent. He's playing like a it's like an NCAA, so it's it's kind of hard to judge these preseason games, but it's exciting whenever you get these new players, you know. So uh, I'm excited for all this. This was Not supposed to be a draft where you know there was no quality players, as, as all these pundits have told me, and what I'm seeing right now, I am putting the Miami Heat. I think at like the uh, sixth spot, even potentially the fifth spot. 
where I um, think th- they're dog. I think I think they're gonna get make the playoffs. Even like I barely noticed Jimmy Butler out there. This team is deep. Uh, I'll get to Tyler Hero, but Justice Winslow seems to have gotten better. I think he's he's he deserves to get out of that. Uh, where he, I mean, last year the Miami Heat gave him the for uh, you know the number one point guard role while Dragic was away, and I think they need to have him get back to that because he looked great in in their games. Um, and you know, Bam looks quick. Bam looks like he he's he's kind of muscled up even more, which I don't understand how you can go from like a five percent body fat into like maybe three and a half percent body fat. Uh, uh, what's his name? Like uh, Derek Jones somehow seems to have uh, also uh, gotten a better shot. Uh, and you know, you have the star in Tyre Hero. This guy legitimately looks like a young JJ Redick out there, if you ask me. Like the way he's getting over screens, the way he's again he's able to create these shots and. And I think he's grown since I remember him call it. So it's kind of he looks like about an inch or two taller, maybe. And yeah. I, I just feel this team is, I think, going to give a lot of problems. They're Miami team, so you know they're going to be great shape. They're going to come out. They're going to be good defensively. They're going to annoy the hell out of you. And if Goran Dragic can even be, you know, a semblance of who he's supposed to be, this team was going to cause a lot of problems to one of these. Um, you know, especially if they're fifth, they're going to. Uh, fifth or sixth, they're going to cause a lot of problem to a potential Boston Toronto indie team. Um, so yeah, bouncing on an idea off that man, uh, a couple of Boston games. I mean, Boston's just they got some fun young pieces. I think that team is just going to be a lot funner for their fans this year. Um, last year they had to deal with that all that potential going to kind of waste with Kyrie. Um, but this year, man, like they got young guys, like, like you're just going to be, they're going to be memeing it up with like taco fall. And then they got Carson Edwards off the bench, man. Carson. Like, Did you watch that game yesterday on the 15th? Yeah. His range is incredible. Like I do not expect like him to have that kind of range. Cause I mean, like you watch him in the NCAA tournament and like, you know, but like, cause the, the three point line is shorter, but Celtics team's going to be a lot of fun and you're going to have like, you know, you're going to have Ennis Cantor saying some crazy shit and taking jabs at LeBron. It's going to be a fun season for the Celtics fans, I think. So, I'm, I'm cool to cover. I think we should cover that towards the end. Um, maybe at least have a little bit of conversation because I think we probably should. Uh, yeah. Seeing as, you know, both from Asia and you're actually from China. So, uh, well, you're, you're, you're family. So, okay, let's just get to the actual Western Conference. Um, and... We did do a little bit of a preview last week uh, where we went into the Grizzly and and Phoenix. I don't think my mind has changed at all with these two teams. Oh, they're definitely the 14 and 15th, I think. I, I don't see how they can be uh, any higher than that. Um, maybe, I don't know, if the Suns pull out some miraculous... I don't know. I think we can both consensusly agree that they're probably the 14th and 15th seed, so... Okay, That's been. too much time. We already gave them a little rundown yeah. in our Eastern one. Yeah, yeah. And I think the next team for me at least is OKC Thunder. Yeah, no. I Yeah, I always forget about that. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a weird year for them. Do you want to talk about them or do you want me to start kind of? I mean, I don't. Look, uh, it's pretty obvious they're going to trade CP3 ad in December. Uh, and it seems to be Miami, which I, I mean, it doesn't seem to be all the summer kind of news seemed to be that he's going to Miami. I personally don't understand why Miami would do that. Um, considering they seem to have a pretty decent 
young team that's I don't think propelled in any kind of it's not like getting the the CP3's uh, questionable uh, uh, postseason health history that they're gonna do that much greater. I mean, realistically, I guess they could, but I, I, his health thing is just way too much of a red flag, and um, so I, I don't see what Miami's plan would be. So OKC, in the sense, is I'm pretty sure they want to get more, even more picks than the what's that? I think they have 18 or something than like six years, something crazy like that. Got uh, that crazy PG Hall. Yeah. So and, uh, they got another Russ. The picks from Russ. Yeah, they got. Yeah. I mean, their future is going to be bright. I mean, Sam Presti. Brilliant GM, no doubt. They got uh, SGA, who I'm sure both of us are big fans of. Stephen Adams, still. They got Danilo Gallinari. They got trade pieces, right? Like this is what you really want, like valuable assets when you're kind of going through this whole rebuild. And um, and my, I'm just curious on where what they're gonna do with CP3. Like, where is CP3 realistically gonna go? Right, right. Like we talked about Miami, but like. Does that make Miami a championship contender? I'm I'm not sure, right? Like, I just don't see CP3. I think any team that trades for CP3 has championship aspirations. And in his uh, post-season injury history, you definitely don't know whether or not he's going to be reliable to play games for you in the playoffs. And that's definitely why a lot of teams are, like, OKC's having such a trouble some time finding a trade partner. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for them to get Gallo. He's going to be expiring. Uh, he, Mike Muscala, whatever, it's just nothing really. And, I mean, they ended up losing also Jeremy Grant, right, which is kind of nuts. So for him. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, big fan of Jeremy Grant. He's yeah, a, like, you want one of those guys on every team, right? Just kind of like a guy who's athletic, brings that energy, and can, like, defend the hell out of the ball and shoot, you know? Just give you energy, right? So, Yeah, so, okay, see, I'm, you know, they're tanking. They're, the kind of full vision hasn't shown up yet. Uh, Pressy probably has a bunch of uh, targets already, and he's going to figure out because you want to give the ball to SGA. You want to let Terry – see if Terry Ferguson is even a real – real player i mean he he seemed to have some semblance of a quality shot last year um from three let's see if he can kind of figure that out you have hamudu diallo still i mean let's let's see if he's more than just a dunker and you know give they're probably going to trade steven adams as well who's um who's a quality player at the end of the day right so any team that needs a a quality big man uh all uh boston celtics or or Somebody who needs that kind of a player, he he's going to be valuable. His salary. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the same thing that you said. The, the just the contract is difficult to move for them, right? Like, he's he's a nice player to have, but like people aren't dying for big men right now. Like it's just the way the league's kind of shifted. So I can't imagine someone on that contract it's going to be just challenging for okc to find like they i think they're going to realistically like they're probably overvaluing their players at this point it's going to be interesting how they move forward and how who they trade with but you know once trade deadline hits and like the season starts and you see these teams uh seeing some openings you, you never know man like the nba is always full of drama people are always making moves and 
you know, hey, man, like the Raptors made big moves last year and they won it all. So, I mean, maybe a team out here can make big moves and win it all this year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, realistically, they want to ship these guys out, a.k.a. potentially there might be the worst team even in the West Coast. I mean, uh, in, in the Western Conference. So, um, that's just, I think that's good enough of a deep dive with these guys. Yeah. We have. I think we them at 13. That's Vegas has, uh, well, Sports Interaction has them at 32 and a half wins. I'd probably say upwards of maybe 26. Uh, see, well, I'm, I'm doing this with a caveat, and I'm allowed to do this, is they're going to ship CP and Steven Adams out. So, right. that's fair. I mean, if you have that in mind, I think. Um, I think Actually, that's that's no, that's sorry, that's egregious. I, I'm stupid on that. No, I'm gonna revise that. I'm gonna say 30, 30. Yeah, I I would say 30. 30, 30 seems like a reasonable ballpark to put it at. I think uh, with Steven Adams and CP3, it's still like they still have some quality pieces. Just looking at this team, right? Like if they play some East Coast teams, um, granted in the West is gonna be real challenging, but you know CP3 is still CP3, right? If he can play like 60 to 65 games. They're going to win a couple games here and there. They have some scoring in Danilo. So, yeah, I think I think 30 is a reasonable expectation here. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, right, let's just go for the 12th team. I think we can probably put the Timberwolves here. Yeah, I, I would say the Timberwolves. Um yeah, the Timberwolves, I would, I would definitely slot there. Okay. Uh, and again, I think there's no chance they make the playoffs, right? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Unless, like, unless the Timberwolves, Wiggins, their cat has made some kind of... Cat, every year, it's, I, I felt like... Well, we haven't seen the improvement that we really wanted from him. But well, we saw it after Jimmy Butler's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe hopefully this year he can express his leadership in a different way. But, I mean, Wiggins has always been kind of that – like, we don't know what he is, right? Like, he's just – he he came in the league with so much promise, but, like, he's he's just kind of Mr. Iron Man, stays healthy, gives you around, like, 18 to 20 points a game, um, mostly on, like, inefficient twos, but provide you, like, defensively any stats. So he just hasn't taken that next – leap to his game so i think if the timberwolves hope to have any success they need somebody to help cat out and uh the rest of their core is still pretty young they got a ton of young pieces so um yeah i don't know how do you feel about them yeah i mean i think they drafted really well uh i'm a, I'm a big josh koji fan i think he's among the most underrated players in the league uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Jared Culver, but it seems to be that uh, people are, or like the league seems to be high on him. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. I, even if these guys actually want to do something with this team, they, they have this weird influx of just two guards, right? They have Wiggins, they have Culver, they have a Kodri. What they're trying to do with that, I have no idea. Uh, it's not like they can. Re- I guess you can have a Jeff T. Uh, trade chip or something like that and figure out something with C- for CP3. Uh, they have one sec. Uh, let's see what this cap situation is. Uh, one sec. Yeah, just thinking about it. CP3, I mean, on the Timberwolves could be a nice trade. I mean, 
Yeah, I think that's what they're probably going to go for. Yeah, I just think that Minnesota really doesn't want to part waves with heavy assets, and OKC is probably just trying to. They well, they just kind of think that, hey, we got so many years of CP3, we might as well hold on to him for peak maximum trade value. So they're probably going to let him play out the season, kind of see, kind of run a bunch of pick and roll with Stephen Adams, raise his trade, raise his trade value a little bit, and then find a trade partner. But I mean, looking at the Timberwolves roster, they have Rocco coming this year, who's healthy. Who I mean, I'm not sure about you. I'm a big fan of plays three plays. As a three and D kind of guy, he's going to add defensive presence. Hopefully, he can bring out the best in Wiggins. And uh, yeah, but I, I definitely know what you mean, man. They are stacked at that, like small forward, shooting guard kind of. Not too sure what you know where they're forward is, like what they're doing going forward. I don't know if they want Jeff Teague as their um, future point guard because that can really work well with Cat. And Teague's been around for a couple years now. Yeah, um, you we were talking about the salary situation. Yeah, uh, I mean they don't really have any cap space left. Uh, they have hundred. They have like n- literally nothing left, pretty much, on the cap. So they have to get rid of uh, Wiggins, probably Teague. Like they have to have some format of a Teague Gorgie Jang uh, trade that happens. Always forget they paid Gorgie Dang. Oh my god. Yeah, so the Thunder have to be okay with uh, that kind of a trade for CP3, which is, uh, you know what? For the sake of long, uh, you know, for sake of time, I, I mean, maybe you do it. And what does that do for them? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, right? it's, it's, again, they're in like the worst kind of situation. Okay, they're not the worst. They're in not the best situation. Oh, I agree. When all your money is tied up on, and it's just kind of the, the the new movement, right? Like all these young players, they get their extension so soon that you're not sure who should be paid. Like, okay, Ben Simmons, hands down, I get it. People pay him straight up. But like Jamal Murray to get paid like a maximum. Like, yeah, it's that's tough, crazy. Right? Or, like, or like, I love my man Pascal, but like, man, we're forced to like, commit a, a, a maximum immediately. It's just pretty crazy, right? Like, especially like Wiggins too, right? Like that was the same problem. It was either let these guys walk or pay them the max, which is pretty crazy to think about. This is why I'm, I'm, this is why I'm saying it. 2022, 23 season, I think there's going to be a lockout. Like we're going to be a couple years in. you're going to see if Murray was, it's so hard to be worth, a, what is it? Five year, $230 million contract to a 23 year old. 22 year old to in uh, Jamal Murray, and right. we're seeing it with Wiggins. It hasn't panned out. Uh, with Cat, I guess it's worth it considering how good of a player he is. But what's that actually gotten them? Nothing. I mean, and of course you do it. You have to do it. It's just the state of the situation. But um, you know, it, they have limited cap space apart from getting rid of Dang and uh, Jeff Teague probably, and that's probably the only way you do it, right? Um. So I don't know. Uh, I, I I think I'm comfortable with having them be the knots and on the twelfth spot. I'm gonna say probably around 30, 31 wins just because they have Cat. Yeah. yeah, I mean I'm always I'm always rooting for Cat and like Wiggins. They they Wiggins Canadian has been you know 
This is what's supposed to be Maple Jordan. So hopefully he can take some kind of offseason leap, although he's been struggling the last couple of years. But, you know, to 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 be fair to him as well, right? They had a lot of uh, – they had a little whole Jimmy uh, Butler ordeal, and he had, like, there were rumors he didn't clash – he didn't fit well with Tom Thibodeau. So, I mean, things like this on a young player can definitely affect their performance or just their, like, enthusiasm to come play for a team. Maybe now that – him and Cat have gotten a couple of years under the belt, and now management has secured them the position as you guys are our guys going forward. Maybe they'll step up and actually live up to that hype. But um, yeah, I think we're comfortable at having them around that uh, number twelve seed, or I mean, just yeah. in flux with the knots, right? So. Yeah, that, I think that, and I'm comfortable with that being like the knots, and then we can start with the bubble and where. No. I think the Pelicans are probably going to be 11th. Oh, yeah, the Pelicans are 11. Okay. Or or no? Is that too low for do you think? Uh, and remember, I mean, th- remember, I, I think I, this all from here to like 7th I think are going to be the on the bubble. Team. Yeah, not I'm not going to lie to you. It's I I I got, wait, we're at, we're at number 11 now, right? Yeah. Where it gets really tricky, right? Cuz like because, like, man, there's so many teams. I, I can definitely see why you have the Pelicans here. I think I have the Pelicans slightly higher. But, I mean, let's just talk about the Pelicans for now. I mean, okay. Um, you want to lead it or you want to talk about the Zion, Zion show? Or, okay, I can. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, okay. So, here, let me go through. Where is that? New Orleans. And, and, and. Okay. So, I want. I know the general ideas of who came in, and who didn't. I just want to get get it all right. So, uh, as you know, the Pelicans, thankfully to the revision of the NBA draft orders, were somehow luckily at I think twelve and a half percent able to get the first spot uh, for the draft in the Zion sweepstakes, and they drafted Zion Williamson who. His he's actually seems to be living up to the hype. I'm just it just hurts me every time he lands, um, because I hear the screams of his meniscus and his just his lower body, his back, and just everything just screams and in pain, and I can hear from here. And as somebody who has had an ACL, I just like I'm so scared for this guy. But um, all those aside, he just seems to be the guy that you know. Every when you look at uh, his highlights from high school, it's just okay. Yeah, but what does he does he actually do this in college? You look at college. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. he can do this against little boys and and you know uh, little skinny guys. Can he do it with the big men in, in basketball? And to be honest with you, he's done it thus far in, in summer league. He's done it in preseason. So I think it's safe to say Zion is right now. Of course, the rookie of the year. How they play him and all that stuff is different, but just preliminary, they got it right. Zion is legit. Uh, they also added Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram, and uh, Josh Hart, along with like seven, 72 other picks uh, in the Anthony Davis sweepstake. They also signed J.J. Redick, um, which is kind of a quiet uh Quiet, quiet thing. Not too many people are talking about. He's a sharpshooter. Yeah. He brings. JJ Redick has never missed a play. Does never missed the the playoffs, yeah. man. There so, we go. That's all. Yep, yep. So <laughs> quality, quality player who has playoff experience. Now, mind you, he was in the East the whole time, but that's a different thing altogether. Uh, 
Derek Favors, who I think is going to be a sleeper, especially for your all you fantasy guys. I think he's going to be one of the better uh, big men in the league uh, when it comes to fantasy. And I'm I'm seeing his ADP is at like somewhere in the hundreds, so or the late 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 top hundreds there and early hundred uh, early in the one hundred. So congratulations to anybody who drafted him. And you know they have good have good decent young depth on the bench when it comes to you know Josh Hart, uh, Jackson Hayes. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who just looks like an absolute stud, and I don't know how Gentry is going to kind of manage this guard lineup because you have Drew Holiday, who's, I mean, we all know how great Drew Holiday is, and you're going to have Brandon Ingram, you're going to have Lonzo, you're going to have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you're going to have Zion, you're going to have Josh Hart. How he manages these minutes is going to be so crucial to how this team kind of goes forward because, God damn it, they look so fun, man. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. so, I mean, Have, to, to uh, me, to me, down. the reason. Sorry, let, let me just finish. Why, like, I think they're gonna be this low. Yeah, no. I, I think next year is the year where they actually make the run. I think this year is just gonna be figuring it out. Zion's gonna get. I think Zion's about twenty pounds too too heavy, and they realize this. And it's not like they have any impending. Uh, well, I guess to have the Ingram contract, but it's not like their contract. Uh, uh, kind of contract uh, stifled where they have to worry about oh shit we have to sign this guy I think they're going to say look this is December we're probably getting beaten by most Western Conference teams Zion's defenses kind of weaknesses are going to come out they're going to be extremely fun they're going to score 152 points a game but they're going to get scored like 172 games per game something something crazy it won't be that high but you kind of get my point and with that I think they're gonna kind of say, "Look, what are we? Do- what are we doing here? What are we trying to do here? Do we even have a remote chance of contending in the playoffs? Yes or no? No. Okay. Hey, let's just scale back some of these minutes. Scale back some of this wear and tear we're getting on this uh, beast of a human being. Uh, and the next year is where they tell him go hit the gym. He's gonna fill into his body more, and I think that's when this is gonna be LeBron's first year." equivalent is what i'm trying to get at with well way better supporting cast a way better situation but kind of he's competitive the team's you know you can see glimmers of something and then the next year is when they're gonna make the call. so that's why i think this 7 to 11 is just so tight i just don't think there's a lot of room for error and i think being a young team and being its first year team i think they won't make the playoffs and that's why they're here and mind you i'm gonna have them at like 38 wins so mm. yeah yeah, no, I mean, you make a lot of valid points. Uh, like, I'm not strongly disagreeing with you. I just had them a little higher personally um, just because of just purely their talent, man. Like, they have so many young, really good pieces. I, I truly believe Lonzo and Ingram are going to get a lot more um, polish to their game. I think, you know, they. it's like when you get traded, you have a chip on your shoulder. I think Lonzo is going to come in healthy and same with Ingram and they're going to come in one year smarter. They got great vets and like JJ Redick and Derek Favors who've been around the block. Drew Holiday can lead this team. We know Drew, uh, Drew Holiday can get buckets. So, I mean, whatever he needs to be do it. Like, I'm just thinking about, man, this backcourt defensively, Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball could be, you could lock down so many so many uh, opposing guards, and you have such a fun team in like Zion. Are they the best? Are they the best uh, defensive backcourt in the NBA? I'm gonna say yes, in my opinion. 
in off the top of my head yeah probably because I, I don't know well maybe maybe the clippers right like depending on what patrick bevan who's their shooting guard it's gonna be landry shamit landry shamit i think they're gonna run um pat oh, bev landry shamit uh Kawhi. Kawhi, and then uh, wait no pg Paul george pg Kawhi, and, and right. whatever so you think they're going to run Kawhi as a four? They're going to run some format of him at three and four. Uh, regardless, I mean, either yeah. this or that. I mean, that sounds freaking fantastic as well. But, I yeah. mean, just like their pieces are all there. They have a little bit of everything. They have playmaking. They have shooting. They have interior scoring with, like, Zion, Derek Favors. They have, like, they have a young guy, Jackson Hayes, who runs the floor well and just as a shot blocker. I don't know. I just think that this roster obviously is full of, full of potential. They have really good – I just like the depth. Like, they have – right, like, if you just go down the roster, they probably have, like, eight or nine guys that can just come off and win you games. And that, I think that's really important in the regular season. Playoffs is another story, but I think this – for me personally, I probably have them on, like, the bubble around that 8-9 area. Um, but obviously, we're, like, we're getting close to that. Um but yeah, I mean, this mm-hmm. roster is gonna be super fun to watch. Exciting young pieces, and I think they're gonna do great things. I just think that um, they have really good veteran leadership, and I think stuff like that brings the best out of the young guys. They're gonna come in as professionals, and they're gonna work every day. And I think a lot of these guys now aren't have been around the the, the block for a while now, and I think um, just that will help them really mature and blossom into. But do they have veteran leadership? That's that's what I'm saying. They have Drew Holiday and they have JJ Redick. Yeah, but if those two guys are on your starting lineup and they're your core guys, I mean, I don't. That is veteran leadership, man. Those guys are like you're gonna respect Drew and JJ as like two of your most important pieces, right? Like they're gonna be spreading the floor. They're gonna be kind of showing you the ropes, right? Like I think that's pretty valuable, personally. That that veteran leadership. I believe. I mean, JJ's never missed the playoffs, man. It's factual. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, well, in that case, I guess Trent Novas is true, and then they're gonna be. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, well, as we get to the seventh, eighth spot, this is, I'll, I'll kind of go through. I mean, you'll kind of see it, and I, because I was going through this list, and I was just like, I had the Pelicans at the nine, eight spot, and then I got to the next few, and then I was like, oh shit, I can't put them up here. I don't. I don't disagree yeah. with you. I mean, I, I think anywhere between eleven to eight is honestly. Yeah, it's going to be interchangeable, right? The thirty-eight to like forty. It's not a more a testament to their roster. It's just to how hard the West is at this point. We have so many good teams in the West. Like, it's just it's just not anything to bash on the Pelicans. But maybe we maybe maybe we see a little more in some other teams. So. Um, I don't know if you want to yeah. still talk no. about the Pelicans. I think I'm comfortable with that. Um, I'm, I'm going to put them at 38 wins. Uh, okay. I, again, I, I just think one more year and they will contend for the Miami Heat aspect of um, what Miami Heat is, are this year. I think they're going to be next year where they're going to make the playoffs at the seventh or eighth spot. They're going to give a lot of trouble to some team and uh, take some team to like the sixth or seventh game. Um, so, yeah. Um, with that being said, I think you're good, right? Do you have anything to add? Oh, I mean, I'm good with that. Okay. I think, you know. Okay, so so this is, I think, where maybe we have a little bit of a this or a, kind of a a difference in 
uh, opinion probably is where I, I think the Mavericks are going to be next. Uh, yeah. Uh, at, I'm going to guess about 43 wins, 44 Wait, wins. You, you can go ahead with that first, and then I, I will rebuke why I think the Pelicans should be rated higher than the Mavericks. Okay, so I, we have a plethora of kind of historical experience of where we've seen these guards kind of come in and first year have these rumbling kind of not rumblings but have a shaky kind of the first year and then the second year they just figure it out uh where the first year they're great but you know you know think about westbrook think about well not harden because he was on okc but uh westbrook is probably like my most recent example so uh where they come in, they do well, but you don't see that next step. I mean, you you don't directly see that next step, and then the next year they come in, and even they like blow out their expectations. And I think that's what's going to happen this year with Luca. I think his field goals are going to get better. I think his, uh, you know, his 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 shooting is going to get better. He's going to have way more space with Luca, and I mean uh, with uh, Porzingis, and hopefully who stays healthy. And I think he has that one more year under the belt where he's 20 years old. He's figured out, oh, oh, this is how you do the hezzy. Oh, this is how, you know, you do X, Y, and Z. And he's able to use his body more. He's supposedly a cut more weight. And all those things, when you kind of bring it together, uh, he's my, he's probably going to be a second or third team All-American, uh, All-NBA, in my opinion, this year. It, it sounds crazy, but I think, especially if the Mavs make the playoffs, I think this guy can, is going to have an insane year. And the primary reason is, I think, the aspect of having a guy like Perzingis on this team who can stretch the floor just that much more, uh, who can you know take the, take the ball and create his own shot like he's been able to do, defend uh, for where Luka might have some holes in there, and just kind of help and add value on a... On a defensive end and on an offensive basis. I mean, Kristaps was arguably the top 2025 player in the league when he was playing. And that was his, uh, you know, what, third year when he got injured? Third, fourth year? Third year. Third year when he got injured. And he's well-rested. And again, as somebody who has had an ACL, I think a lot of players are getting rushed back way too early after a year. I think it takes at least a year and a half for two years where your knee's kind of stable and you have the stability to kind of come back and... I think Przingis had that. He's going to be great. He's going to be probably better than he was in New York, again, because he has all the space. And this team also has the better depth of DeLon Wright with Seth Curry, with Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, they still have Dwight Powell and they have our boy Boban. So I think they they actually – and they have, they have Rick Carlisle, who's probably, in my, in my opinion, he's a way better coach than Alvin Gentry. So all those things together, I think the Pelicans probably are in a better situation than uh, the Mavs are in a better situation than the Pelicans are. Mm. So I definitely hear where you're coming from, but my only thing for the, all this argument, I mean, I, I definitely see what you're talking about. I don't disagree. I think Luca is going to be, um, he has the potential to be definitely an all-star this, like even this year. I mean, uh, Chris Stapps is going to be great. Um, but I mean, the Mavs have openly said that Chris Stapps will be load managed to 60 games this year. That's 20 games. That's a quarter of the season you're missing. And without Chris Stapps, I just don't see a secondary scorer on their team. I see them struggling to 
win games like that. And I think that just because of that sole reason of load management, I don't think that they're going to have as great of a season as everybody thinks because um, unless Luca, I, I don't know where the secondary offense is going to come from. Maybe Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry. Yeah, Tim Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not bad, but I think the Pelicans just you, – you just see a much more well-rounded offense, right? You can get buckets from – there, right? Like Drew can give you buckets. JJ can give you buckets. Zion can give you buckets. Ingram can give you buckets. It's just it's just more offensive weapons there. And defensively, I think they're really good too. I mean, I could definitely see where your argument for the Mavs come from, but management, it's just not many teams can, can do that, right? Like we saw how important players are to certain teams. And if you take 20 games off in the West, like I just don't see – them having success as the Pelicans personally. Um, but I, I definitely think that they're going to be on that bubble as well. So um, I think they've made, you know, really good offseason pickups. You know, great shooter. And they got DeLon Wright. We had him on the wraps. We know what kind of – I think DeLon Wright was a fantastic pickup to put beside Luka Doncic. Just kind of a guy who can – kind of defend the other the other player and kind of make um just kind of defend and play make it's it's really a nice addition to them um have a pretty good roster going on we still still have jalen brunson so wait wait, so sorry sorry if isn't the the health aspect a way bigger issue for the pelicans though Lonzo Lonzo hasn't played more than fifty or fifty two games in, in his career yet. Uh, Ingram might have a blood clot that might end his career. Um, what's his name? Zion again. I think he's way too uh, overweight, and I think it, it's going to be a problem where they're gonna, not going to want to risk it. But this is all speculation, right? We're versus the Dallas, who's openly said that Chris Stapps is going to be load managed to sixty games. But the rest of this, you're just speculating. Like Ingram, before all this, he plays. Like I, I definitely see, like with an injury history, like how you can be worried. But it's just that's just the right. Like there's players who have come back from before. I'm going in with the assumption that these guys are going to play 70 plus games. So I don't really. I'm not. That, but that's not. Player. That's not really what's happened though. Historically, Brandon Ingram has not played more than, uh, apart from his first year. In the last two years, he hasn't played more than uh, sixty games. Alonzo yeah, hasn't played more than fifty games. Drew's Drew's apart from last year, um, or no, sorry, two years ago, he he hasn't gone over seventy games. Yeah, but I mean, regardless of any of this, like, I just think that they will. Like, I think, like, when. And that's speculation, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but that's speculation, isn't it? Like, they're gonna I be healthier know. than their long-term history say, uh, says they are. Yeah, I mean, like, what you, what can you really say with like injury history? Are you like you can say all this, like, like you could say the Lakers? What like you're gonna say? AD is not gonna play like, like half their games, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's just under the assumption that they got their body right, that they're gonna get fixed. It's like different when you openly say it because that you know they're not going to be playing over 60 games if they've already pre-planned it but i'm saying that the pelicans what if are planning for them to play this and i'm I'm going with the assumption that they're going to play 70 games i'm going with the assumption that they are going to be healthy but what 
but that's like that's what I'm saying. You can't make that assumption considering your everything says that that's not what happens. It's it's yeah, but it, I mean, it, it goes back to like what I was saying was they're gonna have to say, hey, are we actually doing anything here, or are we just risking our next three, four, five years? Right. So it's like regardless, even if they play, because that's what I mean. Their roster is so deep. Chris Stapps is the clear number two guy. But I think even if Ingram's missing, who they're going to get buckets for Zion's just going to take more shots. JJ is going to take more shots. Drew's going to take more shots. If Lonzo's out, I mean, Lonzo's just a playmaker. They still have uh, they still have uh, and they have. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I mean. So I feel like their team is just like I just like their depth personally. I think that just because Porzingis is guaranteed to miss 20 games is just going to be hurtful. That's just my personal opinion. But I'm coming under the speculation that most of these guys are going to be playing, or sorry, 70 plus games. So I just um, can't see that happening with, uh, especially with. That's fair. I mean, that's why you know we've taken different things into account, right? That's why you have the Mavs at a different spot. I I'm playing under the assumption that. These guys have will get their body right. To be fair, I mean, that's okay. just how I see it. So, all right, cool. Then either way, we have them in the same kind of grouping, so it's interchangeable. I think when it got, at the end of it, so we where you can uh, okay. So then we have this Mavs and Pelicans or whatever. All right, the next then will be number nine. I think I have the Kings here, uh, which uh, Sports Interaction has them at thirty-eight and a half wins. I think. They'll probably do somewhere around 45, 46. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say 45. So you can you can say, let me know if you agree with it or not, and then you can kind of lead off with it. Uh, I mean, I think that, I think this, uh, whatchamacallit, this ninth spot could just, it's either between the Kings, the Mavs, or the Pelicans, I think, playing. Um you know, pending injury, obviously, now we've discussed it. Um, injury and just people kind of living up to expectations. I think it's a pretty fair. All these guys have really nice young pieces, but uh, they don't have an established superstar is what we've uh, done. None of these teams have, like, you know, a LeBron, Kawhi, number one type option um, maybe Doncic and Zion can be that, but I think right now they're not there yet. And, uh, it's the same situation with, uh, the Kings. I think they have really nice young pieces in De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bagley, um, Kyle Guy, they just had this year. They've got Dwayne Dedman. They picked up Corey Jones. That's Joe. my boy, Kyle Guy, by the way. Listen, let's not just go for Kyle Guy just like that. That's that's the guy's guy. Uh, well, you'll, you'll have your turn. You'll, you'll have your turn to talk about Kyle Guy. Um, they got Trevor Ariza. They have a really deep team. So I think they got guys like, you know, um, eight or nine down that can play, can come off the bench and give you buckets. I think um, for them to really have success, we're going to need to see De'Aaron Fox to, like elevate his game to the next level, be that elite point guard. Um, they, the development of Marvin Bagley and those two can run a nice pick and roll game. Buddy Heald, keep on his shooting. Yeah, so, man, this team. But, I mean, it's just that, you know, if you don't have a superstar in this league, it's just it's just difficult to take that next step. Um so I definitely I love Sacramento. I think they're going to be have a great season, but I just I just 
don't know if they're good. Like the top eight of the West is just stacked. So um, looking forward to seeing them play, though. They're a fun team to watch. I don't know if you have any more thoughts about Sacramento personally. Uh, the more I'm kind of going through their team, I think I'm actually I might even put them at like a 47 wins instead of the 45 half. Uh, as you're saying, the superstar, I think this De'Aaron Fox is is gonna get is gonna be that guy this year, or he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna touch the tip. Uh, uh, touch of, that tip. He's gonna touch that tip of uh, of, that, uh, of <laughs> yeah. what we expect. Uh, just I mean, la- he's in twenty. I mean, last year in the first thirty six, you know, he's he's at that twenty twenty points. He's almost at that. Uh, not uh, he's at eight eight assists. He's at almost two steals. He on a statistical level was doing better than say John Wall was on his second year. He uh, on an offensive rating, he was doing better than John Wall was in his second year. Uh, right. You know, oh, and sorry, when I was saying something about Luca and the second year progression, I forgot about Dame Lillard as well, who I who of course I think had a way better jump, but than uh, mm-hmm. Westbrook did. Um, so sorry for any any uh, Dame Lillard friends. Um, it's these things are hard to remember when you're talking. So, um, yeah. So I, I think from De'Aaron Fox's level, I think he's gonna what he's shown in the first two years of his career thus far is just the kind of progression you hope to see from a guard. You know, he he can he can handle the ball, he can take the pressure, he can run the pick and rolls, he can shoot the ball, and the biggest thing is he's getting better better at those things. Um, first year on a per thirty six on a on a Two pointers, you know, he was shooting uh, forty-four, just under forty-four percent. Last year he was at forty-eight. Uh, you know, his free throws have, were probably still his weakest spot, but his shooting's gotten better from three points, just two point. Uh, his he's gotten more efficient. He and his his advanced stats have gotten better. Everything's kind of showing me somebody who is, especially, which is probably the most important thing to do. Uh, at a guard position is get the feel of the game, get an understanding of how, what I need to do. Um, and he's honest to God, he seems to be doing, he, from what I saw last year in my limited kind of, uh, Sacramento King viewership was he was, he just knew what to do when he's a stud of a, uh, of a basketball player. And I think he's going to touch that all-star level, uh, gameplay. I think this year, uh, he's probably going to take CP threes, uh, votes and, and, He's gonna get that board line like last or last couple of spots, uh, especially for the guards. And I just think, sorry, uh, I mean, just to echo your sentiment, I just think he's like a really good fit for the modern day NBA, right? You got this really quick guy, playmakes, um, can do a little bit of everything, and he's just the Kings play is a lot of fun to watch. They're young, they run up and down the court a lot. Um, I'm excited to see him and Buddy Heald develop their chemistry too. Buddy Heald's been, I mean, I think everybody was a little surprised when Cousins was traded for Heald as like a centerpiece, but I mean, it's been working out for the Kings. Um, yeah. I, what a crazy last couple of years when, you know, everybody's just like, what are they doing? How do you trade away DeMarcus for a guy like Buddy Heald who, I guess they weren't wrong. The, all the analytics and on whoever they hired to get the advanced analytics and, and advanced stats to, in their departments, whatever they were thinking, whatever they figured out, they were completely right. Question for you though: Why do you think that they aren't making the playoffs? I th- I just think that none of the teams 
have gotten worse from last year, apart from OKC, but they're just switching with the Lakers. It has nothing to do with them being a bad team. It's just, again, as you said before, the, the West is just, on the top eight level, it's just so goddamn stacked. It's hard for me to say, yeah. oh, are you going to be, you know, are you going to be able to, which is crazy because they're, I, I think they're going to have like that 45 to 47 wins and yeah. miss the playoffs. Honestly, granted, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were wrong about, like, I mean, the eighth seed, I think, at this point is a toss-up, right? Like, yeah. I think on one, two, three, I think the top six, seven are practically a lock in the West. Yeah. I mean, we it's a very clear understanding of which teams are really strong. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we just come back here at the end of season in, like, what, April, and suddenly the AC is the Kings, right? Or the Pelicans or the Mavs or some 100%. weird company, right? 100%. So, and as much of a Mavs fan as I am, I just like the King situation. Actually, uh, you kind of I I liked what you were ta- saying in terms of the depth, depth even without the Porzingis aspect, just the, the aspect of depth. And my biggest thing is them having more experience in in their organizational. But especially with Valgos, uh, uh, Vulgaris, and and their advanced me- metrics and everything, their back end is really good. That's what I think really sways me. But the Kings on a on a what you're putting on the court basis, this is a deep deep team. Then I, I honestly I wasn't even I I want to talk a little bit more about them because you look at their their guard depth you have the Aaron Fox you have Corey Joseph you have Yogi Ferro all are again competent really good NBA players they do what they do and they know how to do it well right and a lot of the non kind of big basketball fans won't know the guys like uh, Yogi Ferro um, and unless you're a big Toronto uh, you're a big Toronto guy a lot of times people sleep on Corey Joseph so you have good you have good guards uh, at the one at the two you still have Buddy Heald you have uh, my guy Kyle guy who I think is going to have a sleeper um, supporting role and I think he's going to do well and he's, he's going to be the guy not a lot of people talk about but he's going to do well on this team right he, he, he has that role he knows he has to shoot he has to defend he has to do what he needs he's done in Virginia so at the three, they still have Trevor Reza, they have Harrison Barnes, they have Bogdan. Uh, at the four, they have uh, Bielitsa, and they have my guy Marvin Bagley, who I think, again, is going to make that leap. He's going to make that leap that people wanted to see from him as somebody who you got instead of Luka, Luka in, in the draft, right? And at the, at, the, at the five, can it be the year where Harry Giles actually... Um, becomes a guy where people thought hey is this is this guy legit uh, you know we see a lot of potential in him is the injury history can it be a factor yes or no or i mean they still they ended up getting Dwayne Dedman who again is a competent good basketball player so this team is deep and i think yeah you're right this team is very deep man like just yeah they have 10 guys that can get go in and play any night so you're definitely right about that looking at the roster top down who yeah yeah, and then that's what you need to be a competent team, especially in the Western Conference. You need guys who can you can slot in, do what they need to do, and and add value to your team. And I don't see one guy here, even Tali Ulis. I think he's a comp. He's a basketball player who can add, add value, even at a fourth like a fourth string uh, point guard, right? And they so, still, so I think they added Rashawn Holmes too, which is yep. uh, yeah, it's nice actually. This team is looking nice. It's just like uh, I think. What we talked about before that that next superstar that can you know that we all know i think the kings need to know hey this is the guy 
that we're going to give the ball to. We're going to respect them as a leader and as our like cornerstone guy, right? Because you have a lot of young guys. You got Fox, you got Bagley, you have Heald right now. I think they're all trying to become that guy. But I think once there's a clear hierarchy where it's like, I know what my role is in this team and I know what needs to be done and I'm not going to be upset if I don't get the last shot or I don't get the ball down the stretch, then this team will function a lot better. That's that's just my personal yeah. And I, I think De'Aaron Fox makes that leap. So uh, I think we agreed okay. agreed on uh, on them as well. And then now we come into the... Uh, you know what? Let's do the... Okay, no. Let's just do this. So the eighth seed, I think the Spurs are going to be here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think... Oh, man. Like, every year, it's just... I, 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 at this point, I've questioned the Spurs the last two, three seasons after you know, the whole Kawhi situation and every year they somehow make the playoffs. So I think just how well they're coached by Greg. So many veterans on the team that, that can win you games and they still have DeMar and LaMarcus as their corner pieces. I think they're going to make the playoffs as well. Like um, DeJounte, everybody's super excited about him to make his comeback. They have Lonnie Walker, another young piece that they're going to be playing more minutes this year. Um, remember the whole, that they had to replace him with Trey Lyles. But Trey Lyles is a nice stretch stretch mm-hmm. forward. Um, Derek White, who's who last year kind of broke out, and uh, we really saw what he could do just as a really big point guard, playmaker type. He just adds so much. Bryn Forbes. He's a great shooter. They still have Rudy Gay. Patty Mills had a great FIBA tournament. Can come off the bench and give you quick threes and buckets. And uh, they had added Damari Carroll. Know, another veteran that's like you know kind of lost his way but with like greg to kind of give you motivation and get you right into the right system i think damari carroll can have the potential to have a good season right like to be fair he was coached by Dwayne casey so i mean uh <laughs> like Dwayne casey just i mean damari carroll was a product of the system yeah so uh, I had a bunch of open threes and missed them too. So maybe a little bit on both sides, right? So I mean, I the amount of money he was paid. Was, yeah. yeah, with the amount of money he got to make open threes, he's had got to knock them down. But this isn't to slap. This 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 pod isn't to slander Damari. Um, I think that was a little of our inner Raptor fan showing. But um, I think this this team's looking nice. It's looking deep. We get them right, and I think they're uh, poised for the AC. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And so I think, and you know, as somebody who's, you know me as somebody who's drafted uh, DeJounte, I'm so high up on this guy. He, in the last year before he got his ACL torn, another fellow ACL torn brother, he had, you know, the first two years, he was averaging a 106 and a 101 on a defensive rating um, uh, per 100 possessions for his uh uh, before he got injured, pretty much, and he, his only issue, I think, realistically, was probably his three pointer. And I'm hoping, working within the Spurs, uh, Spurs kind of system, and he's he's gotten a lot of. I mean, he's had a year now to just kind of rest, relax. No, not rest, relax, but like recuperate and recover and grow as a player and as a per- and and as somebody who understands the game more just by watching, just by being involved. All right, so. I, I'm I, I think he's gonna improve on this uh you know 14 14 points uh, five assists 
10 rebounds uh, per 36, and he, he'll probably add a couple points, add a couple rebounds, add a couple assists, and hopefully get his three-point better. And in all honesty, if he does that, the Spurs probably could add a couple extra wins to their totals, which, again, because of how tight the top eight is, that could put them at the fifth or sixth seed. Um, but again, I think we agree they have the, the organizational equity, they have the history as, I mean, they're the Spurs. They're not going to miss the playoffs, I don't think, this year. They still have DeMar, of course. They still have LaMarcus. So they have a well-rounded team that can add to LaMarcus and DeMar's reluctance in uh, shooting the three-point. Just uh, as they did last year. They they let Bertans go because of stupid Morris, and they are bringing in uh, uh, DeJounte, who is arguably a better player. So I think they're 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 pretty safe as, a, as an eighth spot. The only problem is they might only get 40... And I say this with the air quotes for only 48, 49 wins. But that kind of puts them in that contention of eight to nine spots. So if you mess up even a little bit, boom, the Kings maybe get a couple of wins here or there. And you're all of a sudden you're in the playoffs and you're missing. Yeah, the West is going to be a bloodbath this year. Just looking at just talking about this is getting me excited. West Coast games are going to be every game is going to matter. I mean, just even these last few years we saw how like it comes down to like the last few weeks where it's like every single game actually matters and the standing shift every night which is pretty exciting and i mean this year is going to be no different if not more so it's exciting right so uh yeah the king's yeah. stable roster hey uh, we forgot i almost forgot about my guy yaka Pertle. man they still have marco bellinelli too they still have bellinelli yeah yeah so i mean huh, this team's just got you know they got play again the same thing with the Kings. They have people who know how to play basketball. Like <laughs> that's that's what you need. That goes out to Phoenix, to- and uh, you know that goes. Uh, that's a message to the Phoenix uh, Suns. That goes. That's a message to the uh, uh, to Cleveland. That's a message to the Wizards. That's a message to Charlotte. You guys just need players who can play basketball, right? And you'll and be okay. Stable man- yeah, stable management and a good organization, and I think like. Spurs have just always been a testament to that. So, yeah. So, uh, and then, and then the last one again on, and I say this with the air quote, the on the bubble team for the West Coast, because again, the eight, seventh through tenth ish is just such a big, it, it's such a tight race. So, I'm going to put the dubs here. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Sports Interaction has them at 48 and a half wins. What do you think? I have them at 49. Just a slight over. Um, I think I have them around 49. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say 49. Yeah, for me. Okay. That's good. Uh, and again, just going through the Golden State uh, roster as we, we as Raptors fans especially saw their roster and what happened in, in the playoffs and, uh, you know, Whatever gods have tortured us and talked shit about us and and laughed at us, were were sympathetic and gave us two big injuries that led to the Raptors championship. So, um, as you know, Clay Thompson is going to be nursing that ACL injury again, uh, probably until again. I'm hoping they let him sit the year, but if not, I mean, especially considering he just signed the big contract, maybe he bring him especially depending on where they are in the standings. Maybe they bring them back in March or so. Um, and apart from that, they added, you know, and this is some, a really quiet signing that I think is going to be a lot 
of people are going to realize, oh, crap, I can't believe we didn't think about this or we didn't send this guy. And they got Willie Colony Stein, who, in my opinion, is a way better basketball player than Kowal Looney is. And I heard all the craziness from ESPN saying, oh, Kowal Looney, you know, people, everybody underestimates him. No, he's Kowal Looney. He's a, he's a good player. He, he knows how to play basketball. But in my opinion, I don't think he has the upside of a Willie Colley Stein, who showed signs of of what a pretty good basketball player is uh, as a center. And you're gonna have Steph Curry, who before KD came along in his back to back MVP season, had you know those crazy, insane stats that we saw from him. So arguably, he's gotten better with that. He's gotten more efficient, and I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder just to be like, all right. You know, you're talking shit about China. You're talking about shit about my ba- all the bag I'm about to get. Okay, I see what it is. Uh, you, you know, you, 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 everybody's been saying, oh, it's because of KD. He hasn't had to work so hard. You know, you know what? No, I think he's going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And he's going to come in and, and probably go bonkers. And they added uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell, who, again, I'm a humongous fan of. And I think he's going to do really, really well. And I already have regrets that I didn't draft him. And I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't draft him in in, in fantasy, but um, and hopefully Draymond stays healthy and he can kind of go back to a little bit of being Draymond. So I think I have them at the 49th. Just they're they're dubs. They're a good player. They're a good team. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, it's like you said before, guys. You know that these guys have established this system, right? Like Steph, Clay, Draymond. Obviously, you're plugging in D'Angelo for Clay. You don't have the same defensive presence, but, I mean, arguably a little more playmaking. The three-point shooting is still there. I mean, D'Angelo is a great three-point shooter. Um, so, I mean, this team's still at the core foundation. is all, all about ball movement and spacing the floor, and I think they still have that with D'Angelo, Steph, and Draymond. And if they get obviously get Clay back in the later half of the season, they can make a strong push for the playoffs. Um, my biggest concern with this Golden State roster is – they have no big man defensive depth. Watching the preseason games against the Lakers, they were getting eaten alive by JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, man. Like, it's it, like they cannot defend the low post. They have Willie Cauley-Stein, Kevon Looney, and like Marquise Chris playing their, as their bigs. It's just, oh my God. The, the, defensively, it's it's <laughs> atrocious. And I think like if they, if they somehow picked up someone who is actually a competent big who could like, but uh, I just, I just, I think that's one going to be one of the things that's going to be really holding them back. Also, depth. Um, the big three were really like, who's their fourth? We're going down to like Willie Colley Stein and Kevon Looney after that. They have Alec Burks coming off the bench, but I think depth is going to be another one after they paid the big bucks to Draymond, Clay, Steph, D'Angelo is where all their money is getting tied up. So, the, there's going to be no real nights off for Steph or Russell. I mean, we discussed previously with like teams like the Kings or the Pelicans, like um, how important depth was. And I think, you know, Golden State, I think we would definitely have them higher if, you know, they had a little more depth or something like that, or if Clay was healthy. But um, the fact of what these guys have done in this last decade, they're proven champions. Um, they're proven winners and I don't see any way that they don't make the playoffs because these man, but I will, I'll tell you what, I would not want to be a team to face these guys in the first round in the West mm-hmm. yep. because they're going to have playing back. 
and you're going to have these guys that can light you up on any given night. It's going to be terrifying. And they've been know what it takes in the playoffs and they're hungry right like you said to prove people wrong that they could only win with KD so um, it's going to be a good year for Golden State fans Uh, they're definitely I think going to make the playoffs and yeah it's just going to be exciting but no real no real competent big man I mean Will Collistein I I understand as well like uh, I like his scoring ability I think his upside is great but I think he's kind of um vibe from him that he's always thought like he was almost too good like you know he, you know a player who just thinks that they're above like the team well, they, they think that they should be the cornerstone they should be he I think after DeMarcus left he really thought that he would be the next one up and with them drafting Bart Bagley and all that he probably felt and Giles right the influx of big men yeah posted a little bit so and um, see here's the thing and I know, it, but it's preseason. I guess the whole aspect of him not playing well. Um, I I have high hopes for him. I've always been a big fan of big men in general. I mean, but uh, WCS, I think he can be a competent big man. I'm hoping that the organizational culture kind of of yeah, Golden State sure. helps him. I think uh, so. The advanced staff love him from a defensive standpoint, which would mm. actually even on an offensive standpoint, uh, he's averaging like a 118 offensive rating, which is you know, which is like uh, just slightly under Fred Van Vliet was. Um, this is last year uh, when everybody's like, "Oh crap, Fred Van Vliet!" Have you heard of his offensive uh, offensive ratings? He's averaging like a one eighteen, which is uh, throughout his career he's at like a one twelve, which is actually a, you know that's a pretty good uh, offensive rating. And then his defensive rating is at almost at one ten as well. So the advanced stats love him um, on a team like the Sacramento Kings. There's only so much. There's only kind of. There's only up you can kind of go from here. So I, I, I have hopes, high hopes on him, which I hate saying because I hate the dubs. But actually, I don't hate the dubs. I hate that Kevin Durant was on there. Um, I think you know. So I'm hoping for the best for him. I guess in that, like if you look at the first kind of four years uh, in his career, Roko was act is actually in a very similar. Um, Wins from a win share perspective, he's a very similar kind of first four years. So, uh, same with Kyle Anderson and you know Larry Nant, like competent uh, player. So I'm, I'm hoping. I, I, definitely, kind of, I definitely think that was a really underrated pickup. A good yeah. move for him, kind of knowing that there would be a lot of opportunities for him on the Golden State Warriors to kind of prove himself. So I hope he really does that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the Warriors will be reg- good regardless. So yeah. Okay. So. Now, instead of, you know how we have the docs for the Eastern Conference, I think I'm just going to put all these teams as locks, and I don't think they were going to miss the playoffs. So we're just going to have the locks on and on the bubble and the, and the knots for yeah. the West. I, I, would say, I, I would say the eighth seed's still up for grabs. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the seven through, like, 11, oh, I think, is on the bubble. Yeah. And then instead of having the docs, which are teams that are going to be there, we're just going to be like, these six teams, there's no way they're going to miss the playoffs. All right, and, yeah. And... Like the stable teams, and I think at the sixth spot, I'd have the uh, probably the Portland Trail Trailblazers. Yeah. Okay. And um, last year they got fifty-three wins. Vegas has them at forty-seven and a half. I took the over bet already. Like that was the easiest kind of bet I could think of, and I took that n- no problem at all. I think they're gonna get that fifty-two, fifty-three wins. No, I think the sixth slot is a pretty, you know, like Portland's proven time and time again that their roster is 
um, going to be a playoff team. Um, you know, obviously they were third seed last year, but the difference between a third seed and a sixth seed last year was like four games. Um, and I think, I guess for me, really the Trailblazers made the least amount of moves this offseason is why I'm placing, like, I agree with you that they should be for this number six seed. Um, they lost use of Nurkic, which was a huge piece to their success. Um, obviously, they picked up Hassan Whiteside, but their roster is very similar to last year. They have Ken Bazemore, you know, and they drafted who was they drafted? Nasir Little. Nasir yeah. Little, yeah. Yeah, I I like uh, I like Anthony Simons. He he's pretty nice, but I, I think, mean, I I think guard and you have two guards with CJ and Dame. Um, these guys are proven. They get the, they get the things done. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. Ever, but I think um, just how stacked the West is, uh, it's just tough, right? Like, oh man, just looking at this team, like you feel like disrespect to them, not putting them higher because they've proven themselves time in and time again. But uh, personally, I just don't see this Blazers team winning a championship just because of their two best players are, are great. Dame and CJ are great, but they're undersized guards. Pretty much undersized guard. And what we saw last year is um, from the Raptors perspective, it's just you want guys who on your like team that can do more than one thing. Sometimes the shot's not falling, right? Like, or uh, sometimes you can't get. Uh, your plays off or you're just having an off night, but we were able to see, you know, guys like Kawhi or um, LeBron, right? Like previous years impact the game in so many ways with like their playmaking or just, just being able to control the game. And I think with the two undersized guards, you're always going to have a little bit of a struggle in the playoffs um, to really other teams do. Um, so personally, I just can't put them higher than sixth. I think that the team is fantastic great group of guys i think they're gonna have a great season but i think they're just gonna not be able to make that upper cusp um yeah yeah so. yeah I, I agree i mean i like nasir little a lot I, I mean again i i this whole draft class is actually just quality basketball players so i think they're gonna realize pretty quickly that rodney hood is good i mean he does what he does but i think nasir little is gonna come in and probably shoot a little bit better than the 27% he shot last year in, uh, on UNC and, you know, roughly uh, 20 points in, in per 40 that he, he shot in uh, UNC. So I think he's going to come in. He's going to be a nice little a little addition. He's a bigger wing, so he can add value there. And um, I mean, that is all it is. And I'm hoping Hassan Whiteside kind of figures out, oh, hey, I actually need to play as a basketball player. I can't just pout and complain and get paid. And again, the whole organizational equity and kind of coming into this team, I have a at least a hope that he progresses on his on his kind of career thus far and um, being able to run until Nurkic comes back because as soon as he comes back, yeah. uh, then you start getting the continuity and that team was looking disgustingly good. And in all honesty, I think they probably would have been the Golden State Warriors last year if uh, he was actually there. So, uh, oh, that's a hot take. Why you don't think so? They were close. Like you, you, people forget, they were up in every single one of those games that they lost, and yeah. they just somehow threw it away because, again, as you said, 
the the fact that Dame and CJ are small small guys and they need that third step and the third help and they just didn't have that in Myers Leonard and you know uh, yeah I definitely see where you're going but like 4-0 is 4-0 man like hey, it's rough like they just can't couldn't close out the games but yeah they were up by like 20 <laughs> points in three of those yeah. games yeah and then what happened they just yeah, couldn't win because again you they just didn't have that third guy so I, I, no, no, no. Okay, okay, but you mean like minus KD, right? Minus KD with Nurkic. That's what you mean, right? Like, or did you mean just that? What that? What that series was? Hey, which was minus KD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, so yeah, what that series okay, was? Okay. Minus KD plus Nurkic is what you. Yeah. Mean. So and if they, if they yeah. replayed that same series with Nurkic, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with you. Still, I still take the dubs in that, but I think, do think that they would have a much better shot. They could probably take it to six or seven. I, I do agree with you on that, but I just, I don't know. And maybe, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were winning by like twenty points in three of those games. But like, they still had Ennis Cantor. Like Ennis Cantor is still an offensive threat in the low post, is what I mean. But so, they didn't need an offensive threat. They needed a guy who can at least defend the ball. That's what happened. They just, they just ran pick and roll and just destroyed him on the pick and roll. That's like that's what happened. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just don't see Nurk. Just for me, I, I'm. I just don't like Portland. Even going into it, they didn't win series in convincing fashions. Is what I would just say. I guess. Um, for me, I don't know. I, I just didn't see it. Like, it, we could talk about what ifs and or buts, but, like, I just personally don't see it. <laughs> but, I mean, I could, like, they, like, I think they had a much better shot, but okay, I just okay. think the Golden State Warriors have that kind of poise. Uh, maybe if Lillard was healthy, though. He did have, uh, what, like, rib injury rib, that? Yeah, so he shot terribly. So, I mean, if they were fully healthy uh, – the Portland team is really good, so I, I could definitely see them without KD making uh, a lot more noise and a lot more damage. But okay, all right. Um, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I think we're good with the Blazers here. Uh, where are the Blazers there, and I think probably this is where it kind of gets interesting a little bit. Where what you think? And are we on the fifth seed now? Yeah, we're on the fifth seed, and Ooh. I personally think. The Clippers are going to... Uh, actually, no, I think the Lakers are going to be here. Ooh, spicy. I have the Lakers here, and I have them at like 53 wins. Uh, Sports Interaction has them at 51 and a half. It was too close. I didn't take that bet. Um, yeah. Do you want Do you want me to go first? Uh, Considering no, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a spicy I mean, thug? The Lakers are probably one of the most excited had them one of the most exciting off seasons, right? I mean, uh, they picked up Anthony Davis. They were in the sweepstakes for Kawhi Leonard. Thank God he didn't go there, or the league would have been ruined for another year. Um, then we had LeBron's Taco Tuesday updates all of this off season, and then we had that like entire empty roster waiting out for Kawhi, and then they didn't sign Kawhi, and then you got guys like Dwight, you guys got DeMarcus Cousins. Leching Leching James, yeah, Leching James, uh, Danny Green, Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley. So they picked up all these vets. Like, 
uh, it's kind of like the island of misfit toys on this team, right? Just guys that, you know, uh, that are just kind of like, you know, have fallen off their primes a little bit, but are still coming off uh, injuries. They have, they picked up guy, uh, Jared Dudley. Troy Daniels is a nice shoot, uh, has a nice shot. Quinn Cook. They have a lot, they had a lot of shooting, obviously, because of last season. Tried to pick up some weird combination of guys who just played basketball and they didn't realize that LeBron's whole entire career revolved around surrounding him with shooters. Um, so this year they've amended that. But have they? I mean, you don't, you don't, I mean, Danny Green's a great shooter in the regular season. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm glad you right, had that. Right. I'm glad you had that yeah, regular yeah. season aspect of I mean, uh, Quinn Cook can shoot the ball. Can I mean, he? In the regular, in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Do we know Quinn Cook if he can he, shoot the he, basketball? He's, isn't he a 40% shooter? He's a 40% shooter, man. I'm pretty sure. Google yeah. that. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go look it up. 40% shooter. You got Troy Daniels. I know Troy Daniels can shoot yeah, the ball. Yeah, he's a 40% shooter. He's got a nice shoot. Right? He's a 40% shooter he in the regular season. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. See the two key pieces, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, pending their health. One of the most dynamic duos. Uh, but I think, I think obviously we already got a thumb injury update on Davis. LeBron's gonna, I think, is gonna be on cruise control a little bit. They're gonna try to just kind of, you know, stay afloat. I think you'll see points where in the season where they're gonna be in that upper, like three, four range, you know, trying to advantage. Um, but I think if uh, LeBron either. You know, obviously, we saw last year LeBron is a human and does get injured. And Anthony Davis, he's had his uh, injury history, so hopefully he can stay healthy. But, but he also hasn't. Just remember, he's played about 60 games every year apart from last year, and that was probably because he, uh, you know, all, all the right, Obviously, the, the whole drama and yeah. him sitting out. So, I mean, we got to take those into, like, you know, you're obviously taking those into account. Um I mean, I think this whole situation on the Lakers is, I mean, I assume that you have the fifth because of load management and or injuries yeah. because I think talent-wise. In depth, to be honest. Yeah. Talent-wise, they're a deep team. They got. Are they? Finish your thought. Finish your thought. No, I kind of got I mean, you know, they got, they got a little bit of everything, right? I mean, I think it's just kind of figuring out which lineups to play together. Mm-hmm. But I think they have good defensive presence in like Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, if they just stick to rebounding and dunking the ball. <laughs> you let LeBron and Anthony Davis kind of do all the offensive setup. Kuzma coming off that bench for some offensive spark. Danny Green spacing Wait, the floor. Wait, is, isn't Kuzma going to start? Beats me, man. I don't know what kind of lineup they're running. I'm, I'm well, guessing they're going to do Kuzma's gonna get, Kuzma has proven to get buckets. Yeah, uh, Danny Green shoots shoots the ball well in the regular season, and then you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, who can. That's where what like you get almost like fifty five to sixty points a night off those two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the rest of the team just needs to figure out how not to suck without them. Um, All right, yeah. I think this team definitely could be higher. Obviously, health is concern and load management, and. Uh, that LeBron 
be moving into the more business aspect. We don't know if he's. Uh, we don't know. What do you mean we don't know we about don't the know, business? <laughs> we don't know, man. He's got that Chinese money and he's he's got a lot of business deals. Fuck LeBron. No. I <laughs> I don't Jesus Christ that was aggressive but uh, I mean I think this team is really good just depending on health and how many games they play uh, your thoughts on this team alright so I'm gonna say this is with a caveat of uh, the health kind of working out and if it doesn't I also have another kind of belief in this so if the health aspect doesn't go too bad where LeBron actually ends up playing you know his 65 70 games of the year they're going to be i think their peak is fifth the fifth but which is 53 wins you win one more you end up being second or third so it's it's tight but that it, this team legitimately has to have lebron or anthony davis on the field pretty much through the 48 minutes like that staggered lineup is probably imperative for them to actually do well because as much as people I'm not saying you, I'm saying in general, people seem to think they have a lot of depth. They really don't. Uh, we haven't seen what Taylor Horton Tucker can do. We haven't seen what Quinn Cook can really do apart from being Golden State and having those open shots that he bricks so much in the playoffs. And I know we're talking about the regular season, but still. Um, we don't know what Dwight Howard even is as a basketball player. He still seems to have the hops and he still seems to have the athleticism. What is that going to translate to in the regular season? We don't know. And having those kind of, those kinds of, we don't knows in LeBron's 17th year is not conducive. I think to a team that ends up getting the first, second, third or fourth. So I'm comfortable with them being fifth. With that being said, however, as much as I have them as being the lock and as part of that group where I think they're going to, you know, we don't have to worry about these teams. Depending on how this health thing goes, this team can be out of the playoffs, in my opinion, very quickly. If LeBron misses a couple more games than he's supposed to, this team can be out of the playoffs very, very quickly in this Western Conference. The dubs are I mean, LeBron sits in extra couple of games. The Blazers sneak a game. The Dubs sneak a game. The Spurs can sneak a game. And all of a sudden, you're just outside looking in rather than being comfortable in your fourth or fifth spot. And health from LeBron's perspective, and I think that's something he understood when he said, you know what, I'm shutting myself off in February or January. Because if I if tweak something, if I mess something up in the long term, the next year is going to be messed. It's it's gone. It's fucked. We're we're, we're not going to make the playoffs again because the West has just gotten so much better. And of course, I'm guessing he he thought he was going to get quiet on his team. I don't think this team is that deep. Danny Green has proven himself to be streaky at best, even in the regular season. Uh, Rajon Rondo is another year older. Dude, we don't know what that is. Again, we don't know. Uh, you look at Quinn Cook. We know that he can shoot open shots and again break them in the playoffs or whatever but we don't know what's there but we do know for teams like the kings we do know for the spurs we know for the dubs what they're going to kind of bring forward and they have you know through on through a deep team the lakers don't have that in my opinion and um when i now that like we're talking about this um in terms of depth i i think that without like this entire team like, these players are all complimentary pieces around LeBron. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think 
if Brian goes down, all mm-hmm. these guys drop, right? Like you exactly. All these guys are meant to kind of just assist Bron, right? Like they picked up so many three point shooters and just like kind kind of guys. Not not even three point shooters. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interject. They picked up spot up three point shooters who have to have open shots. Exactly, spot up three point shooters. But that's all you want, right? Because that will space the floor for AD and LeBron to work their magic. Mm-hmm. And that dynamic duo is going to be a nightmare to deal with. So I agree. I think, I think like with with the NBA and how it goes, how many people can actually guard LeBron James, Anthony Davis, pick and roll? Not many combinations. Not many, no. right? Like so, and plus, if you have to worry about Danny Green and like you know Quinn Cook or Kyle Kuzma on your wings and stuff like that, so obviously like. I definitely agree with you. Pending health, this team, uh, yeah. Without without LeBron, man, this team is going to be struggling it's, to get buckets, right? Exactly. Like without Bron, this is just the the, the new uh, the New Orleans Pel- Pelicans. Yeah, but years I think yeah, Rondo, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, exactly. But with uh, probably arguably a worse supporting staff, at least they had Drew Holiday. Um, After, yeah. Oh God, yeah. How did I forget about that? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Look, yeah, all I'm saying is, it. all I'm saying is, everybody who has them as, oh, they're a lock for one, they're a lock for top two. I t- don't get so quick on that. The Lake, uh, even if you're a big Lakers fan, this team is not deep. LeBron cannot afford to sit many games, much more than maybe eight, nine games. I think, but but I'm bouncing ideas off of that though. They, I think they are going to be a serious championship contender though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you get to the playoffs, man, it's a whole different story. When you you're talking about Braun and Davis, and the game slows down, and you need scoring in different ways. Who knows? Demarcus comes back potentially. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Jesus, like, yeah, this team is going to be very scary in the playoffs. But 82 games regular season, I think fifth. Um, given the history and the load management, I definitely th- think that's a fair place to put them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going. I think we're done with the Lakers again. I, yeah. I don't. I want to be the guy with the hot take a little bit and logic hot take. I think LeBron's health is pen ultimate in. Actually, you know what? Not even LeBron's health. AD's health. Because what happens when AD goes back? It's going to be the same thing that happened last year, but a way worse supporting team. Uh, when it comes to, uh, like, you know, at least they had Lonzo, they had Ingram who can score buckets. You can't, you don't have that in the secondary score here. So if either of these guys go down, I fear for the the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and again, playoffs aside, the regular season, 82 games, the health of this team is probably, arguably, and the success of how this thing happens and how this season unravels is probably the most important um in their success, so even nope. if they're healthy, I don't think they're gonna play a full eighty-two games. I think yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see them load managing, like, like just even given. Uh, I think they're gonna be cautious with Bron yeah. coming off an injured season with the. Uh, uh, Sorry, I just mean outside of you know they they have their schedule. Okay, hey. This is the game, realistically, where we can rest. This is the game we can rest. But any unforeseen kind of injuries that add like a couple of games off, that's the ones that I'm, I'm, that could risk this team's con- this could risk this team completely unraveling. Is what I'm kind of getting. And, and we all know how LeBron works. Like any LeBron team is like coasting. Like, let's be real, they coast in the regular season. Like they don't care. As long as they end up like hopefully top four with a home court advantage in the first se- round. 
after that, Le- LeBron-led team just kind of just tries to squeak in. So Lacoste is real, and he knows that he doesn't. He doesn't try to. He puts as much effort as need is needed in the regular season to get the eight games done. I'm I'm fearful of what happens if you do that in this Western Conference, especially this year, though. That's that's all I'm saying. All right, that's um, fair. I think, um, yeah, I mean, okay. we've talked about them quite a bit. All right, next I have, I have probably the Utah Jazz. All right, in, in the fourth spot here, um, Vegas has them at uh, fifty-three and a half wins. I'm probably good with fifty-three, so I take the slight under. I did not take this bet. Um, I took the, them as a sleeper in with a two with a parlay with the Indianapolis uh, Indiana Pacers to be in the finals of uh, each respective conference, um, but yeah, in in terms of the actual kind of seeding regular season, I think there are, we all know what they've done in this regular season. They added uh, sorry in, in the po- in the preseason they added uh, Mike Conley, they added uh, Boyan, they added Jeff Green. Uh, they added Emmanuel Moutier. They added just pure depth. And again, going back to what we talked about already in the Western Conference, they have players who know how to play basketball. Mike Conley is, well, we know Mike Conley from Memphis, what him he's done with that team. Uh, Boyan last year with the, uh, in, with the Pacers, he was like an 18 and eight, 18, five rebounds kind of guy who played really, really good defense. And we know what he can do. So, I think from the perspective of what this team is going to be, they're going to do what they did last year. They're going to be a quality team that knows how to play basketball. And I think they're going to be probably the third. They can be in the top four probably. So yeah, that's know. it. That's a much of a breakdown. Like, in all honesty, there we, we've seen what this team did last year. They've added quality, uh, especially when it comes to spacing the floor. Uh, Boyan per 36 was like a 20 points or something uh, something crazy uh, from what I remember. I mean, I think at this point, it's like how far the Utah Jazz go this season is going to be just how much of a growth of Donovan Mitchell as a player, right? I mean, they've added all the correct pieces around him. Rudy Gobert, two-time defensive player of the year, shot blocker, uh, can finish around the rim. Bo- Boyan Bogdanovich stretches the floor, shoots the ball well, can create his own shot. Mike Conley, a true point guard. Um, Joe Ingles, just like a three and D guy, and like Jeff Green, Ed Davis. Like we've been talking about depth. Utah's proven that they've they've been a defensive team historically. And last last few years, what, what where were they seed last year? I mean, the Jazz fifth seed, fifty wins. Yeah, the fifth. Don't like just from an eye test, you can you could just arguably say that this roster got some significant upgrades. They had actually one of the hardest. Uh, ske- uh, I think they had the second or third hardest schedule of uh, of any team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I think just just how well their season goes is going to be really on the growth of Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> He's had some good flashes in the FIBA summer league, so or summer tournament. Um, so I think this team is poised to make a, a pretty good. They're they're definitely going to win a lot of games. I mean. I think this team is nice. They got scoring in different ways. They just know how to play basketball. Yeah, I think a fourth seed is going to be pretty fair for them. Um, I'm very interested on seeing how Donovan Mitchell will progress. Came in as such a flashy uh, first-year guy. Would have definitely won the Rookie of the Year, if not for Ben Simmons and his whole year kind of deal. (laughs) 
Um, the Jazz are probably looking for a fourth, right? Or are they just going to run a Joe Ingles, Boyan kind of lineup? They have Jeff Green, Gorgon Yang. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think they're going to run a Joe Ingles, Boyan, probably. Right. Uh, I think. I think it makes the most sense with like you just plug in Rudy in the center right? and he just comes over and help plays help D. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to run it to be fair. That's uh that's going to be yet to be seen, but I mean, they have a lot of versatile options, right? If they want to go big, they have Ed Davis, they want to go small, they got Jeff Green coming off the bench too, so they still have Royce O'Neal. He gave them a couple of pretty valuable minutes last year. I don't know. I like this team. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a nice team. The reason I brought that up is: are they a are they a potential for uh, a Utah Jazz? Maybe. I mean, sorry, sorry, not Utah. Uh, Kevin Love trade. Oh, wow! Yeah, that would be. I mean, I think it's just what assets would they be really willing to part with? Right? It doesn't seem like they have many pieces that. I'm guessing you get my my trade would be probably be like an Exum, uh, you know. Sorry, let me get the Jazz and, and like the Utah fans, like who doesn't love a white dude on their team, right? So it's just like that would be great for them too. They'd be hype. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Love. Uh, he loves so probably yeah. So I think like an Exum, uh, probably an Exum at Davis for. Uh, for a love trade, I think works out. It'd be rough. They'd have to give up picks, right? Like, yeah, for sure. No way to, yeah, there's well, no way not to necessarily. I mean, you're getting um, longevity in the sense of I think Kevin Love has two more years. Uh, I think Kevin Love has trade value to him, though, right? Like, I, I don't think that he's. I mean, get, but he's obviously injury prone. Um, but I think a lot of people want those services, like of a three and like a like a stretch four. He has four more years, though. <laughs> At, I don't know. At thirty I don't years, know. I honestly don't know. I just don't think that as a Cavs GM would not trade for that. But who knows what Dan Gilbert is feeding his uh, organization? So my only thing, at least from the, Eww. they want to get shorter on the trade, shorter on the. I guess they probably want some kind of a first. I'm, I'm sure there's some picks involved and stuff like that. But I, I was thinking, I was looking at this earlier, and I was like, you know what, this team can somehow finagle a Utah Jazz trade. And if they manage be, to do that, yeah, that just... Would be a nice fit. That makes this Utah Jazz like a contender, uh, in my opinion. Especially, again, I mean, yeah. again, depending on health and all that stuff, but yeah. yeah right. But they already... I feel like they already have scoring in a lot of different places. Um, sure. Obviously, Kevin Love would be great. I think just having him, a uh, proven guy, knows what it takes to win. Um, and he's definitely willing to take a backseat to Donovan Mitchell. Um, He's not. He's like a very selfless player, so seamlessly. But I think what they have right now, they have a pretty good. They have a pretty good roster put together. I think they're going to be uh, definitely a real uh, good regular season team, and they'll have a chance to compete in the playoffs. I mean, I think it's going to be a wild, wild west, and over in the west, so it's going to be good. Sorry, I'm wrong. They can't trade that, Davis. I just, I just realized. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, from what I'm seeing, the salaries are just. Uh, the salaries just don't make sense. Uh, yeah. Roughly, roughly seven million dollars. Be tough to match that Kevin Love salary without giving up somebody of, uh, like, of their core five, like Joe Ingles, Conley, Bojan, or some something like that, right? So, okay. actually, yeah, yeah. So it'd have to be about 
Yeah, 20 million or so. Anyways, um, yeah, so I think the Jazz are here. Above them, I probably have... Okay, so um, the reason I'm having a tough time is uh, the more I've been looking at the Houston roster, the more I've kind of fallen in love with it. And I actually have the Houston Rockets as probably the second highest team. So I'm going to put the Nuggets here. Okay, all right. Um, with probably like 55 wins. 50, actually, mm, yeah, 56 wins. Uh, do you want to leave with that or do you want me to? Um, well, I personally actually had, personally, in my opinion, I think that your third seed, right? Who, sir? Did you say that you had your the Nuggets as the third seed? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I think that the Clippers will actually be the third seed. Okay. Just because of what we thought before. I mean, load management and stuff. But let's talk about the Nuggets first because, I mean. Okay, I mean, so I fine. Can... Let's just do this. Let's just do this. The top three teams are going to be an interchangeable we can talk them and talk about them in one kind of fail swoop that this way. So let's sure, just say sure. the top yeah, three I mean, teams are going to be the Clippers, Houston Rockets, and the Denver Nuggets in some kind of a one order. Right, the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Nuggets. Yeah, top three yeah. in some kind of a weird. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I agree with that. Um, so let's, let's just talk about these teams then. Nuggets first because we uh, brought them up for. Um, so you know, obviously they're a deep team and. Just like with their core, we saw last year they were uh, a 54-win team, second seed. I think this year they're one year older. All their guys are better. Porter Jr., I really like his game. Yeah, he looked good, man. He looked really, really good. Just like, man, he's got that like light-skinned KD build, you know? And they got Bol Bol, who has dropped to them. Obviously, we don't know his true potential yet, but... We'll see what he has. But he had a lot of promise before his whole in- injury ordeal in uh, Oregon. Um, Jeremy Grant, who me and you have both praised highly, um, guys like this are great additions to any team, can fill, can give you a little bit of everything, if, can shoot the three sometimes, can play great defense, hustle the ball, lock down the other player, other uh, players' best uh, perimeter player. Just depth everywhere, right? Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Paul Millsap, Will Barnes, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Mason Plunley. All these guys can just come off the bench and just give you. And all these guys are just solid players. You got the Joker, who's a fantastic playmaker. Um, Jamal Murray just signed his big contract. Um, plus Denver is one of the hardest places to play, right? People come in and the altitude isn't some too. And I think the way that, uh, the Denver Nuggets play, they hit you hard. They hit you with so many different players and so many different looks. They're a well-coached team. And I think that ultimately in the regular season, because of depth, guys that can give you problems. Um, I think that they can easily be a second or one seed. Just, just like last year. So yeah, so that's, that's, yeah, that's why we have them in the inter- top three because this team is. I think they somehow, some way, with the cap kind of situation and signing Jamal Murray to this kind of cr- this super high, super expensive um, extension, they somehow, somehow, some way, were still able to get better with Jeremy Grant. Um, they really didn't lose much. Isaiah Thomas was whatever. He didn't play. Trey Lyles, uh, Trey, uh, Tyler Lund- L- uh, Lydon, 
all these guys were non-factors at all. And they somehow, again, with competent and uh, competent back office, were able to get Michael Porter Jr., who, who in the summer looked like he still is who he was in college. And they're getting another year older with Monte Morris. They're getting another year older with Malik Beasley. They're getting another year older with um, Will Barton, which... Depending because of his his uh, injury history, you don't know <laughs> what you want to take from that. But you're getting Jamal Murray kind of coming back, and who knows, he might make the leap similar to what um, I'm thinking. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox has made, even though I mean, let's be honest, Jamal Murray's had a great last uh, last year was great for him. But he, who knows, maybe he makes that leap to be in all uh, top three All NBA team and potential and a potential All Star, right? And. Yeah. This team, unlike again, unlike the Lakers, who were like, uh, or at least I said, oh, you, if LeBron or AD doesn't play as much, what happens? I don't have any problems in saying I'm not worried about this team at all in terms of at least how they do. It, right. We know what they are, and I think they're going to do really well. So basically, anybody can step in, I yeah. think, at any time and exactly. really get you win. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, Barton, man, he's a bucket. He's a he's a, he's a bucket getter too, right? And he's a great six man. Man, they have Gary Harris. Yeah, what like really what like their lineup from last year is just guys that have matured a little, got more experience, yeah. got another year under their belt, and they what replace Isaiah Thomas and like Trey Lyles with like Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. I mean, yeah, that's a yeah, fucking so, upgrade. I mean, Michael Porter, like, if he can be the player that everybody thought he would be, like, it, it'll be it'll be interesting, right? If they could build a core around Jamal, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic, whew. Yeah, that's it's, it, it's a nice. scary combination. But obviously, pending health, and we'll see, right? I mean, but again, that, even pending health, again, I don't think they're going to yeah, be I mean, that idea. Yeah, even if Michael Porter sits out the whole year, we saw what they did last year without him, so... Yeah. Like who's to say that these guys won't be better now, right? They, they've all gotten another year to work on to their games and play together. I think they're they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be a great team. So I don't know if you want to keep talking about them. Or- just a small thing. I'm scared. I, I just hope Jokic kind of loses this baby fat because <laughs> we we have seen what having this on your body can do in your long term career, and it's not good. So. Uh, he needs to lose at some point in his future. He needs to work on his conditioning because it's going to become an issue um, for his career. And I, and seeing the talent that he brings, I just hope that he figures that out. Um, I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, man, he watching him play the least athletic and it does not, <laughs> you know, like Zion, you see him like do these like dunks and you like, Oh God, his poor knees. Jokic hops off the ground, man. Like he's just like kind of waddling his way through. So, I mean, he at least the way he plays is yeah, kind of cool, yeah. like kind of with his body shape. But I do agree with you. I think um, in terms of uh, long term health, like I hope he gets his uh, his body good and like he can play big minutes. But I mean, Jokic is just special talent. And Bef- yeah, so if we know for next year, he's gonna be, they're going to be in the top three. So um, yeah, the the last two teams. Uh, who do you want to talk about first? The Clippers or the Heat? I mean, not the Heat. Sorry, the the Houston Rockets. Talk about the Houston Rockets, man. I want to talk about the Houston Rockets. Okay, sure. Let's do that. Uh, wanna, Houston Rockets. You, 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 you were saying how excited you were and how you were falling in love with this roster. I just want to hear, like, what... Alright, so the Houston Rockets, uh, similar to... Uh, similar to... What's the name? Uh, the Denver Nuggets got 
significantly, significantly better in my opinion. All right, they and and somehow and it happened in our fantasy league too, where somehow people seem to think a guy like Westbrook, a top ten arguable player, going to a more efficient team is somehow worse for him, which I completely don't understand. Uh, he now, at least for uh, what's his name for Harden, has that number two guard that he was looking for in CP3. Daryl Morey, apart from all the pain and headache this poor man is going through right now, he's going to be the happiest guy in the world as soon as um, October 22nd, 23rd hit. Because he's going to see James Harden sitting down, but at the same time, he still has Russell Westbrook playing on his team. They lost lost CP3. That sucks. But they re-signed Austin Rivers. They re-signed Danny House Jr. They re-signed Gerald Green, who I'm not sure. Is he going to be injured? They're scared he's going to be out for the season, right? Um, I think that's the kind of thing with his foot. But hopefully he doesn't, even though if even if he's gone for long, I'm not that worried because, you know what, this team is relatively deep. They have James Harden. They have Russell Westbrook. They're going to run the staggered lineup. They're going to be out there for 48 minutes a game. They still have Austin Rivers, who we know as a competent player. They have P.J. Tucker still. They have Quinn Compella still. And I have a feeling they're going to go for like some kind of a trade in the middle of the year um, for some some kind of added depth. I'm not sure what that is, but I think especially at the at the forward, they're probably looking for some kind of depth unless Gary Clark just makes some kind of a big, big leap. But not having to lose Clint Capella, not having to lose Eric Gordon, and still getting better with an arguable top 10, top 12 talent in Russell Westbrook and only losing Chris Paul, who, who is an injury-prone guard of yours, is only going to benefit this team to probably uh, 100% getting more wins than last year and probably getting closer to the 60-win 60 60 total. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, dude. I mean, like, man, we saw, like, 53 wins last year. They were almost the second seed. And that was with Chris Paul missing practically half the season. Uh, James Harden, we saw historically, what, 36 points a game last year. He's in basketball with the ref's help. Uh, foul calls, travels, I mean, those are all, you know, non-existent when guarding James Harden. You had a guy like Russell Westbrook who will give you 110% every night. I just think that this team, they're going to find a way to make it work, really. The only concern is obviously the off-ball. But, I mean, we saw James Harden's team succeed just purely with James Harden. And I think adding Westbrook, I think these two guys are really going to figure it out. They're really close. They're going to know how to play off of each other. And hopefully Russell can can really get his shot. I I just really pray that Russell can figure out how to shoot open threes because that's going to be... He's going to get a lot of open looks. And if he can't knock them down, it's going to be uh, a little bit concerning. Obviously, that's more of a playoff concern than regular season concern. But um, like like you said, man, like the depth, like this team knows what it's about. They've been playing the same style of basketball now for this is going to be their third season. You got Capella, Gordon, P.J. Tucker, the core players. You got... Ryan Anderson, Austin Rivers. Uh, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good season. I think they're gonna have a really good run. They're gonna be a strong team in the regular season, just like always. And, uh, James Harden is looking fantastic. It's just like we, I saw him play a little bit in the Raptors preseason games, and he's looking just like an offensive threat. You got Westbrook, who can give you a little bit of everything. I, I definitely see where you're. Uh, 
slotting them at a what you had them as a one or two but i mean top three i think this team's looking fantastic um but i personally um am a little concerned of how they will execute in the playoffs but that is not what we're talking about today we're purely talking about regular season and yeah i think that they're going to be a fantastic team in the regular season so like right. the the thought of just seeing this man Seeing these two kind of, and I hate the Houston Rockets, you know that, but just I, I'm just imagining all these, all these dead Harden drives that led to nothing because they would just mess it up. Now going to Westbrook, just yamming it in, or you know, him on on just catch and shoots. Uh, last year he was shot 32, percent which is respectable. Uh, last year on pull ups he was wait, wait wait catch and shoot up on threes. Or? Yeah, on threes he shot 32 percent last year. Which is pretty much what he's going to do this year. And that roughly gets him just slightly under the league average. Which, hey, you know what? That's what you want for, uh, from Westbrook. Just make it a, a sufficient threat. and you can make it average. It's good yeah, enough to be. Yeah, that's all you need from Westbrook from a three. Because everybody's going to be like, oh, shit, I need to actually guard this guy. And that's on a team, mind you, last year, which he had majority of the attention on, uh, on defense going on him. And on catch and shoots, he was at 32% last year. Right? The year before, he was at 34%. So, uh, uh, the year before that, he was at 35%. Like, So, he's regressed, again, because he's obviously gotten older and, on catch and shoots, and teams have smothered him a little bit more. Now, he has so much room to operate, and I can only, honestly, God, like, D'Antoni probably just, anytime he's unhappy, he goes, looks at his roster, and just kind of takes a little time for himself, you know? Tells the wife, go away. This is me time because that's exactly what I would do if I, him, if I was him as a coach. This is what this Houston Rocket team needs. And all sleeper, all kind of stats and all the bullshit aside, they arguably, apart from maybe the Clippers, should probably be the conversation for the second um, highest likelihood of probably winning the championship, in my opinion. Again, just at this point. We don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers. We don't know what's going to happen. Just looking on paper, I just think this team is just going to be so efficient. They still have Eric Gordon. They still have uh, Peter Tucker. They still have that team that took, that was just one three-point away from being the KD dubs. Last year, same thing. And I think with Westbrook, they're just going to get that team, right? Um, so, yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Playoffs is a whole different story. Regular season, I definitely agree with you. Um, playoffs, I'm not sure that they'll be able to compete with teams like the Clippers or the Lakers, but I think they'll still be a really big threat. Um, about that when the time comes, but yeah. I definitely agree with you. It's going to be a fun season for the Rockets fans. Um, Westbrook brings that kind of passion and energy to a, a team that I think everybody needs. And I think... Um, really play off well with each other, you know? I think um, uh, good basketball players, I think, will always find a way to make it work. So, And we know that's, like, exactly what Daryl Morey believes in, right? So it's, hey, give me yeah, a competent I mean, team, and I will – I think that's all I need. To, and I agree. You look at anything with – I mean, you can talk about pickup, but you don't need a big guy. You don't need a guard. You don't need an all this. You just have five competent players. You'll win the game. So that's Daryl's Daryl's got his analytics down, except, you know, he didn't calculate that Chinese tweet very well. <laughs> Yo, you know what? Full support, Daryl. We got you. 
We're not going to get the China back, so it's okay if we offend them a little bit. Don't worry, buddy. But you got to think about your future, man. It's like, okay. If, if that's the bag I got to take, I, I'm not taking it. It's okay. That's so noble. That's, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I can I live making a middle income thing. I'm cool with not getting the bag, so. But yeah. Are um, you more than an athlete, though? I'm <laughs> um, going on to the. So shut up and dribble, Roger. <laughs> Move on to the Clippers roster. All right, so. Uh, the Clippers, I think they're, uh, people are talking about them, of course. I mean, they have quite PG, but this team is freaking deep, man. The, it's it's kind of crazy how, what they've done in the last couple of years to go from the um, Lob City to, you know, the young, the run and gun the last couple of years to this year because this not just Paul Jordan Kawhi, that's great. We know we all know what's happening there. But being able to supplant yourself and and, and kind of add value from guys like Montrez who are who's still there, Zubac who's going to give you minutes. You who's, you still have uh, you know you still have Lou Williams. You still have Patrick Beverly. You added Landry Shamet towards the end of last year. You added Rodney Gruder. You added uh, Jamichael Green. You added more. You have Maurice Harkless. Like all these guys make this team so deep. Where Paul George can uh, have a couple of rest days, Kawhi Leonard can have a couple of rest days, and I think they'll still be fine. I mean, there's not much to say from from that perspective. I just think this team is way too deep and depth of really competent basketball players, not just competent basketball players, really competent basketball players. That's it. It's, it's as simple as that. You have Kawhi, you have Paul George just running your team, and then you have everybody else, right? And right. Good and these two guys, we've seen Kawhi. He's won, He's been the best player. He's the reigning finals MVP. We've seen how dominant he can be. Um, Paul George, we've seen how good he, he – like last year, he had an almost MVP – but he was third in MVP voting, I believe. Um, yeah, he's third. Him. We've seen him on Indiana be the number one option, going head to head with Braun and like just being able to hold his own with like being such a defensive stopper. And these guys are going to be a nightmare to deal with defensively. Like just having Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, like just guys that can play basketball on two ends of the floor and just get you stops when you need it. And you know, and they have nice young pieces like Landry Shamit and Zubac. So they got nice. Uh, guys that are ready to win now, and young guys that are come, we're ready to come off and contribute. Um, you like uh, Lou Williams? With, ha- oh, sorry, you finish it off. I'm oh, sorry. Just thinking, like with KD, these guys took the Warriors to what six? Like that's yeah, pretty impressive without a number one option. And like you're about to say, <laughs> without like, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, Lou Williams is freaking nasty, man. This guy's a walking twenty bucket. Like he can go off for you anytime. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine coming down the stretch and, like, you have to defend these guys and you have Lou, Paul George, Kawhi. <laughs> like, how is your defense, how is your defense really going to kind of, who are you going to guard, right? Like, all these guys can create their own shot, and really. If you force the turnover or whatever, get the rebound, you have to score on them on the opposing side with Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, George. Um, just a just a nightmare of a team, I think. Um, well, personally, I think that they're going to be load managed, and and or George, Paul George isn't going to his shoulders aren't ready a hundred percent. I think they're going to be the third seed because I don't think they're going to take the regular season too seriously. But I mean, they are a 
great deep team, and I think they will give you buckets. They're probably going to win the championship, aren't they? Right now. I mean, I mean, looking at the roster, uh, obviously the only area of concern is that big man roster. The big man concern, if they don't have someone really to kind of slow Anthony Davis down, uh, it could be tricky. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think they are on paper deadly. So, um, I don't know. They just got so many weapons in so many different places. And, and I just think that Balmer giving like Balmer is a guy that will pay whatever price for his his organization. He's building a what new facility in LA and he's gonna like you know his staff is like all top of the line, like trainers and all that BS. They're gonna they put pumping so much money into this team that uh, you know that Microsoft money, he just doesn't know what to do with it anymore. So and you got Doc Rivers, an established coach all respect and you have guys that genuinely want to play for LA and Kawhi and Paul George I think they're gonna it's gonna be a really uh I think these guys are committed to winning and uh I think it'll be a good year for them so yeah so I think realistically in my opinion I mean at the at the at currently it's probably the best team in the league and I think they're gonna win the championship at a at this kind of point in my opinion um and, you know, there's only so much you can say. They got quiet. This guy bought us a championship for God's sake. So, um, shout out for that. Sucks for that he left us, but, you know, whatever. Even I'm happy for for 20 years for uh, not able to win. So, uh, I, I, think that, that's, I think that's, uh, no, honestly, like, I wish you could. You know what's funny? We've talked way more in depth about the really bad teams than we have about the really good teams because. We know what this team is going to be. We know what how good Paul George and uh, uh, I mean, there's not much to say about it. Right? I mean, the bad teams are trying to kind of find some optimism, right? You're trying to find like what what's going to happen for them this season, yeah. where they're going to go forward. The good teams, you're like, damn, these guys are proven. You know what they're about. You know they're going to be they're going to be a lock for the playoffs. Like you know on paper, like how good these guys are. Um, Kawhi Leonard next year year he was well obviously KD got injured but he was the best player in the playoffs hands down yeah yeah we'll uh we'll see right because next year we're gonna have I don't know but Kawhi just I don't know and that was his first year coming off that huge injury so I don't know like is he gonna be better this year Mm -hmm. and I'm excited Kawhi's a good dude um We'll definitely see how this roster turns out. Um, yeah, but that, no, that's all. I know, honestly, like there's not much to say in terms of that. So, goddamn basketball team, yeah, for sure. I think everybody can agree on that. Like when everybody saw those, like I'm <laughs> like Kawhi Leonard joins the Clippers. We're like, oh damn, that's a crazy team. And then afterwards, Paul George joins them, and then it's just like, oh boy. Yeah, it, it's, it's the NBA. <laughs> League is like, oh, fuck. Now, you know what? I'll, apart from all this, you know what else I'm happy about? Goddamn basketball, man. It was a long oh, yeah. goddamn summer. We had to make some filler episodes just to get the conversation started. But goddamn basketball is back. Yeah, man. Ooh, 
that 22nd, man, that is going to be a great night. It's going to be the ring ceremony. We're going to get that Pelicans game. Uh, And then we're going to get the Clippers and Lakers follow that. Talk dirty to me. Yeah. Talk talk dirty to me. Yeah. This this is good. This is some good (laughs) stuff. Um, But, yeah, so going forward, I think, you know, the way I – I think we're good with the season preview – we're super excited as basketball fans, and I hope you guys are as well. It's going to be an insanely fun season, I think. I think I'm most – I haven't been this excited about the a basketball season since last year, but before that, like, for a couple of years. Only because, I mean, last year we had Kawhi as a Raptors fan, but on a general sense, I haven't been this excited probably since LeBron went back to Cleveland just to see how that was going to turn out, right? So we have arguably t- uh, maybe – around six to eight teams that could legitimately have a chance to do something in the playoffs. And it's going to be super interesting. But even at like the bottom end, you have teams like Atlanta, you have teams like, um, you have teams like uh, New York, you have teams like uh, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, uh, the Mavs, the, uh, you know, uh, the Bulls. The, and Miami Heat, the teams are kind of figuring out they're going to be exciting and they're going to be fun to watch. And basketball, that's why I and I know we're going to talk about the LeBron James thing, but fuck it, I don't really want to talk about it. Um, everybody had their hot take and they've done their thing. But that's what the NBA is doing right now. They're just trying to push it as much as they can until the regular season back and all the attention is diverted and everybody forgets about it because this season is going to be goddamn insane. Um, and the Kings are going to be my um, probably like uh, my uh, NBA League Pass kind of team, if I ever get it. <laughs> That's pretty you, good. You, I think we're you buy, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm gonna see if somebody has it and then probably use it. Or like you buy that League Pass, you're supporting. <laughs> you're supporting China. Basically. Yeah. So I know. That's why. That, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks NBA. Um. So. I, We'll see. I, I think we have TSN, so I'll probably see if any West Coast games are on. Um, but, yeah, I'm it's super excited great, for that. Me too, dude. It's but just like great. as an announcement, or not an announcement, kind of just talking about how at least I'm looking to progress for the regular season, I'm probably going to do two pods a week where one pod is going to be on a Saturday, like a Sunday, I'm going to release it, where I'm just going to go through the week and see betting odds for different games and which games i'm looking for and you know i'm sure I'll, most likely it'll be just be me kind of covering a couple games what i think and who what i think about where if you want to bet if you're looking to bet or those kind of things and then subsequent to that maybe on a wednesday we just talk about the how the last couple of games have gone stuff like that so i'll probably have you on for um the preview the the reviews and the previews for the Raptors games and the league in general. And then I myself will cover um, the gambling aspects of it. So, buddy, it's going to be a good season. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for it to start. So, all right. So, good. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for bearing through the summer. I know I haven't, we haven't posted much for the last couple of weeks, but it's just, I know, honestly, I don't want to fill you in with random nonsense from the summer. Um, like a bunch of other podcasts I've heard um, and stopped listening to in five minutes in. So um, I wanted to give you some actual stuff involved in actual conversation. And going forward, trust me, we I'll be getting pretty heavily in your ear um, on a weekly basis. So 
thank you for basketball. Thank you for being back, and thank you guys for listening. So, Roger, thank you as well for coming yeah, through about three hours in, three and a half hours worth of content for these two pods. So, oh, good man. I love talking basketball. So, I mean, all right, perfect. Uh, Till next week, man. All See right. ya. Bye.